money, deals, tribal knowledge, resources, training, coaching, partnering. We are Texas's largest real estate investor association at texasstarterkit.com. My name is Shanoa Grove. Welcome to the show. All right, guys. So every meeting we share a different tip of the week. So I uh, love to have you guys who are online join us live and in person. Uh, you can head on over to texasrias.com live to be able to join us. And uh, last week for the tip of the week, I gave some of the best practices for rehabs. Uh, so I did part one of that last week. If you guys who are uh, watching here live with us want to go see that, just head over to our Texas Rias YouTube channel. You can see part one of that. Uh, today I'll do a very quick review of part one of that, just for those of you guys who want a little bit more perspective on it. And then I'll jam into uh, part two of it as well. So uh, part one was uh, the scope of work. So I want to make sure when you guys are doing your project that you have a very detailed scope of work. Let me explain to you what that looks like. For every $10,000 that you are spending on your renovation project, you should have at least a one-page scope of work. So this is just to make sure that every line item detail is in there. So on a $50,000 project, that means you'll have probably about five pages of scope of work. On a $100,000 project, you should have about 10 pages in terms of your scope of work, in terms of all of the exact detail that you need to make sure that you get that renovation done properly. I've got some great uh, figures for you in terms of uh, just kind of being able to quickly walk through a house. You're gonna be walking through and uh, writing down all the different things that need to be done on that house. Uh, I'll also give you some basic numbers just to check your own math in terms of your repairs uh, to figure out if you've got the numbers right in terms of your renovation there. So I've got some um, also some information about what it looks uh, for a new build. So you'll notice that I've got $125 to $175 a square foot. So and typically in Houston and in Dallas, you're looking at pretty close to about $125 a square foot. In San Antonio, you're looking at a little less than $125 a square foot. And in Austin, you're looking at $175 and up a square foot. It also depends on what your um, uh, final sales price is, obviously on the more expensive houses. Um, I've heard people even doubling some of these numbers. But again, this is just uh, some ideas to give you some best practices so you can do some quick and dirty math right there on the spot. Now, a lot of times uh, when people are budgeting, how long is my renovation going to take? Uh, do you think most people under budget their time or over budget their time? they under budget their time. Oh, I'm gonna speed through, this is such a quick, this is just a little cosmetic remodel, right? And then you're like, I'm just gonna paint the walls, I'm not gonna paint the baseboards, and then you paint the walls and you look at your baseboards and they're standing out like, like oh my gosh, I gotta go, go back and repaint that. Uh, but I wanna give you guys a little bit of advice in terms of when you are looking at your bid from your contractor, let's say they give you a dollar amount, you should take that dollar amount and divide that by 5,000. Now, the idea is on average, you're gonna be spending about $5,000 a week. Now, the truth is that at the beginning of the project, you might be spending 10, 15, $20,000 in those first few weeks of the project, but at the very end of the project, this is when you're kind of slogging along. This is when all the punch list items are happening. This is when you're not spending a lot of money on the project, uh, but it is important when you're budgeting your total time frame, right? So at the beginning, you might be spending uh, $10,000 a week at the end you might be spending two thousand dollars or less a week but if you want to just give an idea of how long it's going to take just take your total renovation budget 
divide it by 5,000, and then you'll get the uh, amount of time it's gonna take you to finish that project. Now, uh, to be clear, this is after you get your permits, uh, because getting permits can sometimes take uh, forever uh, and can be very painful for you, so uh, be, uh, be aware of that. And then also note that right now, because of supply chain disruptions, labor shortages, uh, people getting sick, um, the world just kind of changing a little bit upside down, sometimes it can take even longer than that. So I wanna make sure you're aware of that as well. So I just wanna do a quick refresher on part one of the uh, rehabbing um, best practices as well. And guys, uh, I wanna make sure I also go over as part of part two what we call some of the rehabbing gotchas, right? So this is where your renovation is gonna uh, bite you in the butt. And I'm gonna go through a little bit of scope of work detail, but I'm, I'm gonna do it by telling a little bit of a story. And in this story, I'm gonna go back in the time machine about 18 years ago, right after I first started investing, I'd been working with a contractor, I'd done about five jobs with him. And um, I knew how he worked. And that's always important to kind of know how your contractor works and, and know the different things that, you know, to look out for and know the things that he's, he or she is gonna look out for you as well. And I had uh, created a scope of work, it was about a $30,000 project, and I thought, I've got everything listed in here. There's, you know, this project, you know, call me no change order, Shanoa. Like, and I want all of you guys to adopt that phrase. Like, when you meet your contractor, just say, I wanna be no change order, insert your name here. Because the change orders are what get you in trouble, the change orders are what delay your project, the change orders are what ultimately cost you a lot of money. So, I had built this scope of work that I thought, like, this is it, this is, I'm gonna frame this, this is a work of art, like, this is how a scope of work gets written. And in this project, uh, we were replacing all the doors, we were replacing all the fixtures in the, in, the, in the kitchens and the bathrooms, and everything that I had asked for was had a brushed nickel finish. And um, I get into the house, and I'm just kind of doing a walkthrough, and, and all of my fixtures, yes, brushed nickel finish, all of my ceiling fans, brushed nickel finish, all my doorknobs, brushed nickel, and I look up at my new doors, and what kind of hinges do you think were on there? Those will be brass hinges. Did you know that brass hinges are 39 cents cheaper per hinge than a brushed nickel hinge? Your contractor, Perla, hope this is okay, has this nose. I'm gonna sniff out the best deal that there is at this Home Depot. And I'm like, oh no, this is gonna be so easy. I'm just gonna point at my, I'm gonna point at my statement of work and I'm gonna say, no, 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 look, I, I see I, I scoped the, the brush nickel hinges right here. You're gonna have to go back and change anything. And so here I am, I'm pouring through this, this statement of work here. And what do you think I did not find? The hinges. Now they bought them, right? Because they had to hang up the doors because that was part of the, part of the work and they're not gonna hang themselves, right? But since I did not spec, the finish that I wanted, I got a finish that I did not want. Now, at this point, uh, my, this contractor and I, we'd done about five deals together. I thought, man, we are just like, you know, we're, we get each other, we know how each other works, this is gonna be so smooth. And Lonnie, you remember earlier I told you I'm pretty good at getting people to do things uh, that I want them to do for me? Yeah, you've heard that. So um, I got them to change it out. But whose fault was it? I'm gonna take 100% responsibility. I always say it was both of our faults, right? I mean, they should have said, it's, where are the hinges? I wanna charge you for those, and I, and I wanna be charged for them, right? But I want to make sure that this goes really well. So, so guys, when I say put together a detailed scope of work, 
I literally mean down to the brass or brushed nickel hinges, okay? The more detail you put in that scope of work, the less of an issue you're gonna have with your contractor, which means what? The better your life is going to be in general. So again, I gave you that, I gave you that, um, that uh, tip, which is for every $10,000 you spend, you're gonna have at least a one-page scope of work. If you have an $80,000 budget and you have uh, five pages in your scope of work, you might be missing something. It might be the hinges, hopefully, because those are cheap, but it could be something that is significantly more expensive. Now, guys, I will tell you, and you ask the contractors in this room, for me, for every project that I'm doing that's like an $80,000 project, as an example, it takes me at least 30 minutes just walking through the house. And the way that I walk through the house is I take my phone and I do a video, I'm sorry, an audio recording of everything that I want to do. And then I also have my one page with something I call my rehab helper. And then I go back to my office and what do I do? I listen to that entire audio and I type every single thing up and I try to get as much possible detail as, as there is. And some of you guys are saying, well, I'm new at this, how do I know? And you know, is my contractor gonna take care of you? And I don't know if they're going to, right? So, but I want you to put it on you, right? I want you guys to, no one's gonna spend your money like you, you are, no one's gonna save your money like you are. So guys, please uh, make sure that, de that scope of work is incredibly detailed. It will save you so much time, money, and energy down the road. Every time I have gotten lazy, Every single time that I've gotten lazy and made it shorter than that, I've had some type of an issue that has resulted in a change order. I've had some type of an issue that has resulted in a budget increase. And I, who do I wanna be known as? No change order Shanoa. And you have to put the time in up front, and it does take some time to be able to do that in order to have the outcome at the ultimately at the end of the day that you want. Um, Another tip uh, for you guys, um, does the, do we have foundations that sometimes uh, go, 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 go wrong on us, yes? Uh, and then what sometimes, what, what's the cause of that? What, why do these foundations go wrong? It's kind of like the chicken and the egg. Which broke first? Did the pipes break the slab or did the slab break the pipes or did the, you know, not watering around the slab or having too much water around the slab or did the tree, right? The truth is at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if it was the chicken or the egg. The truth is at the end of the day, you still want to make sure that you get those pipes tested. In fact, um, this has become such an issue that probably about five years ago, uh, the Texas Real Estate Commission created a new form. What was that new form uh, called? It is a permission to do a hydrostatic test on the plumbing. Why do you wanna do a hydrostatic test on the plumbing? You wanna make sure that there are no breaks because what can a break cost you? Thousands. There's a comma in it. And most times there are two numbers to the left of that comma. And it's not uncommon for those two numbers to be in the 20,000s or in the 30,000s or even bigger depending on how large that house is and how the plumbing is set up. Now, many of your contractors will get very clever and they'll do what? They'll completely, re they'll cap it and they'll completely reroute the plumbing. 
but is that still gonna cost you a lot of money? And the answer is yes. Do you want to know the stat, even if your foundation is good and you got a house that was built in the 70s, do you wanna know the status of that, of, those, of the plumbing underneath the slabs before you paint the walls, before you put in your beautiful flooring? Because what are your choices if you find out after? And who's gonna find out? Who's gonna find out? Who? The inspector? Hmm, is that accurate? What's the inspector gonna say? The ins are there any inspectors in the room? First off, I just wanna, hold on, I wanna, let me, let me, I gotta, I gotta see if I can scan all of you guys in here. Are there any inspectors in the room? Just I wanna make sure I know who I'm, I wanna make sure I know who I'm offending in here. <laughs> How many realtors have read a 50-page report from an inspector and all that they do is include hundreds of photos and then in the recommendations, what do they say? Oh, you need to get a licensed insert person here. <laughs> you need a licensed HVAC tech, you need to get a licensed plumber, you need a licensed electrician, you need a foundation company, you need a licensed term termite company. Basically the inspector points every which way except for themselves. So they may not know, but who's, who is the one who's typically gonna get you? Who's gonna get you? Who's, who's, who's buying the house? Let's talk about who's buying this house. Regular retail buyer, right? Are they getting any help from anybody? From a realtor. What does the realtor have to tell that buyer to do? Get an inspection. And now, do realtors love to be sued? No. So, and do realtors have some experience and some tribal knowledge? Yes. So if they get in a house that was built in the 70s, 60s, 50s, what are they also gonna recommend in addition to a regular inspection? Probably a hydrostatic test, not just foundation. Foundations, I mean, that's pretty, pretty I mean, you're gonna, most people hopefully are gonna know if there's an issue, but a hydrostatic test is gonna let, because the foundation may be level as all get out, but the, but the plumbing may not be draining, and sometimes that's not something that people find out until after they've been in the house for a while and things start to, so plumbing, the way this works is it goes away from the house. But when you have an issue with pipes, sometimes that, that beautiful thing that we all take for granted, well, that's just not happening. And when that does not happen, who does the owner, the new owner, call? That would be the realtor. And so are realtors trained to be able to ask or suggest to the buyer to be able to get this inspection? The answer is yes. Uh, so, so my recommendation to you guys is if you see, definitely if you see a, um, a foundation issue, get that tested, right? Don't just think I fixed the plumbing, I'm good, let's, let's do this. And literally I have seen investors go from, I was gonna make $30,000 on this deal to man, I'm hoping I can break even. Okay, man, I'm, this is, and this is one of those things, it's not like, you know, you get any, like, bonus from it, it's not like you're putting in a new kitchen or a new bathroom, and, no, it's just something that, I just expect that the plumbing is sending the, everything away from the house, right? So uh, be sure to get that, that's a great way to make sure to uh, uh, hold on to the money that you have. And guys, uh, uh, my, next, uh, my next bullet point is going to be a little controversial. Um, so I need to ask, first off, do I have y'all's permission to tell it like it is? Do I have y'all's permission to be real? And, is, and, is it, and if I step on maybe a couple toes, are you guys gonna like promise not to cancel me? At least don't cancel me tonight. Is that okay? Perla, this goes for you too, okay? Okay, thank you. Uh, 
<laughs> Lonnie, Lonnie just said, so you're saying no Oscar behavior. Lonnie, leave the jokes to me. <laughs> uh, okay, so seriously, um, have any of you guys hired someone and then later found them on mugshots.com? And ladies, I'm not talking about someone who you accidentally dated once or twice, okay? Uh, you, know, you know what I'm talking about here. Uh, so, so, and guys, you know, every single one of us has screwed something up. There's not a single saint in this room. Uh, but but, but when, when you see that the person who's about to start working on your house was on, on a recent episode of America's Most Wanted, uh, <laughs> Or, or on a recent episode of Mugshots.com, what, what do you want to consider or reconsider about hiring that person, right? Um, and I will tell you, I, I found out about this site um, the hard way. Uh, so I was having problems with a contractor about 10 years ago, and uh, a woman who was working in my office at the time, and I guess she had uh, had, a, had a bad date of some sort and, and found the site, I don't know, but uh, she said, Shanoa, have you looked, have you looked on mugshots.com? And, and, and I'm like, no, and I'm like, no. And she's like, look, and I looked and he was on there. So had I looked before, uh, I might have not had to get in a big argument with him and ultimately fire him, right? Uh, so that's just a little tip just to make sure that, you know, again, if they did something dumb when they were in high school or whatever, um, fine, times pass, they're good, but if they did something dumb last night, probably not the person that you want on your job. So uh, something I want you guys to think about. Uh, check out their active uh, projects. Check out their active projects. So you want to see what kind of quality of work are they doing, right? Uh, now, you also want to talk to their subs. Why do you want to talk to their subs? Because you want to steal their subs from them? Say that again. You want to see if they are paying their subs. Because do you know that if you pay your general contractor and your general contractor does not pay your subcontractor, that your subcontractor can put a lien on your property? And that is a painful punch in the face for a lot of new investors. Ah, so who else do you want to talk to? Want we'll to talk to the project owners, right? Are they managing this okay, right? How you know? How long ago did they start, right? How long did it take? Are are they are they performing according to your contract? Is that going to help you guys? Yes. Don't just say, "But Shanoa, you know, is like this." Oh, the more you rely on this the more you're going to have an egg to unscramble. And let me tell you, eggs are a lot easier to deal with before you start scrambling them up wrong and hiring the wrong contractor. Uh, uh, just a basic one, a builder's risk insurance policy for yourself, and you'll also want to get on their uh, 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 policy as well. So I want to make sure you guys do that. And then also want to introduce a concept uh, that has really helped me a lot in terms of managing contractors and making sure contractors don't get ahead of me on the payments. Because how many of you guys have been in a position where, wow, I've paid this contractor for 90% of this job, yet only 50% of this job is done? Is that going to cause you to not be able to sleep at night? And the answer is yes. It will. It will cause you um, and you know high anxiety, 
uh, and sleepless nights. So what I will say is create a draw schedule based on each item they are supposed to get done. Don't just say, I'm gonna give you a flat $8,000 or a flat $5,000 a week, right? Make it based on the work that they get done because sometimes a contractor will come in and say, well, it's, it's Friday, so I need my you know, 5,000 or I need my 8,000 that we agreed on in the draw schedule. And here's what I mean, and I know this is a little bit of an eye chart, so let me make it a little bit easier for you guys to see uh, by doing this. And this is still a tremendous eye chart. So uh, apologies for that, but for those of you guys who wanna grab it, snap a picture of it, um, I'll walk you guys through it. So um, basically what this looks like is it goes through each different category, right? So I've got a general category, I've got a paint category, I've got a flooring category, I've got a bathroom category, I've got a uh, bedrooms category. Um, and then it goes through what the bid, what the line item bid for each one of those things is. A line item bid for each one of those things is. And what I'll ask a contractor to do for me in order to create that draw schedule is tell me the week during which this will be, and this is, this is a key word that I wanna use here, the week during which this will be completed. Completed is the key word here because a lot of times you can get a lot of things started. Oh, I've got a lot of progress going on here, but if it's not completed, oh, then if you have to bring somebody else in to complete it, is it just gonna be the difference between what you paid the last guy and what you're gonna pay the new guy? No, it's going to be more, right? Contractors hate to come in and clean up after old, old contractors because they're like, I don't know if they screwed this up and now I'm gonna go and redo it. And then it's like, holy cow, can be, get very scary. So I say this is completed. So I asked them, during which week will this line item be completed? And if they say it's in week one, then I'll put that dollar amount in week one. And at the bottom, and you can see, for those of you guys who are on the right side or the left side of the room, my right, you can see that I've got a dollar amount for each week, right? Now, so what I'll do is I'll take this schedule and I'll walk through it with a contractor. Is this completed? If the answer is yes, then we're following this draw schedule. If the answer is, well, I ripped up the wall, but I haven't done insert item and item and item here, then that's not something that was completed in that week. So I uh, don't want to have sleepless nights. I don't want to have anxiety. I want to pay people fairly for the work that is done, okay? So this is not me trying to hold anything back or trying to you know, hurt a contractor or mess up their cash flows, right? Uh, but this is for me to be able to sleep at night and also feel like I'm treating everyone fairly. Do you guys understand how this, how this works? Yeah, so, and, and the first contractor I used this, used this uh, with, Lonnie, I was not very good at getting him to do what I wanted him to do, but it, ultimately we, we got there. It was uncomfortable because most contractors are gonna say, I don't, wanna, I don't want to do this, right? I want to do, I started the work, I wanna get paid for it, right? Because I've gotta pay my guys. Yes, you'll pay your guys too when the work is completed. So that's the key word that I wanna use here. So, um, Again, guys, on the left-hand side, you're just watching on YouTube. Uh, how, is, that, is that okay? So, uh, so that's uh, part of what I wanted to share with you guys as part of the tip of the week this week and uh, just share with you. Was that helpful? Yeah. Was that helpful? Okay, to four of you. Yes, I'm really doing my job up here. This is so awesome. So we like to share the things uh, with you guys that are helpful. We like to share the things that uh, make it joyous for you, make it profitable for you, and uh, love to be on y'all's team as part of Texas Rias. Every week we share a different part uh, piece of tribal knowledge. 
Texas's largest real estate investor association at texasstarterkit.com. If you like today's episode, please subscribe, comment, share with other investors, or join us directly at texasstarterkit.com.